0: shio hello and welcome to another episode of the creative native podcast i hope you and yours are all doing well and staying healthy and hopefully staying cool as we grind through these summer months. I'm super excited because I have a very special guest for you today, Miss Lynette Lewis, member of the Navajo Nation and joining us from Phoenix, Arizona as they prepare for the Native American Basketball Invitational, also known as NABI. Um, Lynette has been working with NABI for over 10 years and she's going to talk about all the great things planned for this year's tournament and I'm uh, going to guess a lot of things that you didn't know about Navi. So let's get to it. Enjoy the episode. So Lynette, would you mind by just like introducing yourself and telling uh, telling everyone where you're from?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I'm going to introduce myself in my Navajo language. Awesome. Chin, <laughs> Kiani Hello everyone, my name is Lynette Lewis, and I am Diné or Navajo. uh, I'm originally from a small community on the Navajo reservation called Bistai. I also did grow up in the border town of Farmington, New Mexico, and I did spend my childhood going to public school there, and I spent every summer with my grandparents in Bistai on the reservation. Okay, so Bistai, can you give us a sense of like, because
0: I don't think people understand how big the Navajo Nation is. <laughs> like, where was kind of BizTie in relation to like kind of the rest of the kind of major cities and stuff?
1: Yeah. So um, the Navajo Nation does cover three states: Utah, Arizona, and New Mexico. Um, I did grow up in the New Mexico part of the reservation. So Farmington gotcha. the border town lies in the Four Corners area, as we call it, where the four yeah. states meet. Um, so Bistai is just, I would say, about 30 miles south of Farmington. Okay,
0: okay. So um, where did you end up going to school? Did you go to school in Farmington or did you have school in Bistai?
1: So there wasn't no school in the Bistai area where mm-hmm this tie is it's kind of secluded from everywhere else there's really right nothing out there yeah. um, but i i did grow up in farmington we did move into farmington where i was able to attend public school for elementary okay. middle school high school
0: gotcha what was uh what was that like was there was it kind of a, a mixed school or was it more native kids there or was it what, was it was it a small school
1: it was definitely mixed. Uh, Farmington is a very small town, and very few Navajo students attended school there, um, so the ratio was more non-native than native. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, and then I'm guessing you played
0: basketball. When did you start playing basketball?
1: Yes, I did. Um, yeah. I started from a very young age. Basketball was the first sport I ever played. Um, mm-hmm. I played you know, throughout elementary, middle school, high school, and amongst other sports. I did play other sports besides basketball, but I think basketball was my most favorite. Um, My whole family played basketball. My parents, uncles, cousins, my sister. So it was a family thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't think people understand like how much it is like a family affair playing Mm -hmm. sports growing up. Like it's kind of just a part of just like our entire culture I feel like growing up and um all the time and did you did you uh travel much with like it's uh like did you play on like a, a travel team or anything like that
1: I didn't play yeah. any travel ball but there were a few um tournaments local tournaments that I did play you know in the summer sometimes yeah yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah and then did you play in
1: high school Yes, I did play high school. Um, I only played up to my junior year, Um, my senior year. I'll have to admit, I, the coach wasn't my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. And I think there was kind of a thing with um, res ball, you know, Mm. know, it's a style um, of play. And that's what I grew up knowing was res ball. And this coach was more, you know, didn't really know anything about it and I just felt like I just couldn't play with this guy (laughs) yeah Um, so it was difficult and I just decided that I mean I did try out but I did decided that I didn't want to continue playing you know especially with this coach yeah so like a
0: clash of styles and like culture too sounds like
1: definitely I would say culture especially yeah yeah and
0: were there any other other Navajo players on your team
1: Yeah, there were. There were a few. Yeah. um, Yeah. But for me, you know, I I think I don't know. I just felt it was different and I knew I was gonna have a hard time (laughs) because he was our coach our junior year and I did, you know, experience some things that I didn't like.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I I think that makes all a difference in people's experience. I don't think people realize how important the coach can be in someone Mm -hmm. people's experience it's, it's kind of, uh, it's definitely unfortunate sometimes, you know, you hear the good stories a lot, but there's also the bad stories that you don't hear sometimes it's much about either. But um, did you, had you had like planned to go to college? Like how did you like, what was that look like? How did that, what did that look like for you about thinking about college?
1: Yeah. So college was definitely um, a thing I wanted to do. I would say it came from my mother She definitely wanted me to go to college. And, you know, I knew I wasn't going to be playing college ball. So I had to find an alternative way to get myself to college. And my mother was a single parent, raised my sister and I alone. um, Mm. And I knew she didn't have the means to pay for my college tuition, room, and board. So I had to work hard academically so I could apply for scholarships but I have always been an A and B student throughout school. So it was really important for me to maintain those good grades. And I knew I wanted to go to a school out of state. Um, I, I heard about these Ivy League schools and state universities. Um, so at one point I, I did think about attending an Ivy League school, but then I thought, am I really capable of being able to be that far away from home? Yeah. So I figure I apply somewhere that was close to home, but also out of state. So one of yep. the schools I did apply to was Arizona State University.
0: Yeah. And, and how, how far away was that for you?
1: Um, It's about a six hour drive from home. OK. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so was your mom, was she supportive? I'm guessing she was super supportive. Yeah, awesome she was home. super supportive,
1: yeah. Um, you know, with um, like the scholarships and everything. It, yeah. you know, it was definitely our first time, like she, her first time, you know, going through the process with me. And, you know, I did have some help with um, a few counselors. So I did have that, you know, support system and I did get accepted into Arizona State University and I received every scholarship I applied for. And wow. come to find I basically had a full right to attend the university. Yeah. So it was definitely a big accomplishment for myself, especially being a um, first-generation college student.
0: Yeah, and I bet the, so were those scholarships, like, through the school, but outside of the school, I'm guessing, too, right? I, I
1: Yeah, I did apply for um, a couple from the school, and then all the rest were, um, like, Native American scholarships.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, it's funny. I have a similar story, too. I was looking at going like I even I even like got into Stanford but it was like I was in North Carolina at the time so it was like the opposite side of the country and I was like I don't think I can go that far and I ended up going to Tennessee and it was only you know two hour drive but it was the same thing I was like I wanted to but I was like I don't think I'm quite quite ready for that and yeah um but and then I think too most people have that misconception that all natives get their school paid for like I know (laughs) like irregardless and it's like no that's not the case we still have to like get scholarships and that a lot of schools now are like doing it where they'll pay for like in-state students but yeah I definitely think all natives should be able to to get that access so Mm -hmm. so what was it? What was it like going to to Arizona state? I'm sure that was kind of a big, I know it was for me when I went to college. I was like, wow, this is big job.
1: Yeah, it was huge. Like I remember being so nervous. Um, you know, this was my first time being on my own far away from home. And it was definitely an experience. There was culture shock <laughs> and I have to admit I did struggle my first year um, in college Um, being first generation, I didn't have anyone to guide Mm -hmm. me, no one to tell me, you know, what to do, what not to do, anyone to provide me with any recommendations. And I just felt like I was going in blind, not knowing what to expect. And on top of that, I was also missing home and family. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's such a culture shock. And like, I, I was lucky I had a really great roommate, but like other than that, it was like kind of just like trying to figure everything out as you go it was wild. Yeah. Did you did you know like what you wanted to study?
1: Yeah, so um I wanted to pursue a career in the medical field. I did think about becoming a medical doctor mm-hmm. and I was, my major was chemistry. Well, at first it was biochemistry and then later I changed to chemistry.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: One thing I wanted to do. Um, and I was actually, you know, really thinking I was going to do this. I was doing, um, internships with the hospitals, volunteering. I was, um, shadowing doctors. So I was like, you know, doing the whole track and getting prepared for it.
0: Yeah. And then, um, so what did this, this, does something change or did you like have a, like, did you, were you thinking about grad school? What was kind of the next thing after, after undergrad?
1: Um, so when I was in college, um, you know, after my sophomore year, I actually got really sick. Um, I ended up catching pneumonia, which eventually turned into tuberculosis. Oh, no. <laughs> so I took a year off. I had to take a year off of school um, mm. to you know, go home um, and recover. Um, yeah. So it was definitely, I guess, a, a a bump in my road. <laughs> right. Yeah. For sure. And so after I had recovered, um, I, I definitely wanted to go back to school. I wanted to go back to ASU, but I had to kind of start from the bottom again, kind of start over. And yeah. That's the thing that
0: I don't think people realize too, it's like, if you don't like if you have something like that happen, it's like it just kind of messes everything. up.
1: <laughs> it does. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I my goal was to finish my degree. And, you know, without my scholarships, I, I knew I had to start back small. I ended up getting a job and enrolled in a community college to finish some general courses um, so I could eventually get back into ASU. Yeah. So Yeah. Well, I was doing this. Um, I was able to eventually get back into ASU, um, but I wasn't able to go full-time. I was part-time. So it took a little longer than you know I expected. But eventually okay. I finished school. I graduated, got my bachelor's with my chemistry degree. That's awesome. That's awesome. Like that's I don't think people understand
0: how like tough that is, because. It is well, it's tough enough just doing it like norm like a normal four-year plan, but then when mm-hmm. something like that happens, um yeah. Did you so did you have any any plans after after graduation or what what kind of led you to, to Nobby?
1: So while I was um in school still one summer, I wanted to volunteer um because I used to do a lot of volunteering when I was in like high school and yeah. I wanted to volunteer one summer. So I thought about um, an organization. And the one that came to mind was Navi because I knew they had their tournaments in the summer. And I was out of school um, for summer break. Yeah. And so that was like my first introduction to Nabi. I did hear about Nabi my senior year in high school but really didn't know much about it because at that time they were only in their third year of the tournament so they were still fairly small Um, yeah not as big as now but um so that was where Nabi all started for me gotcha
0: okay yeah so for people who don't maybe know aren't familiar with Nabi can you like how do you explain it to maybe someone who maybe isn't as
1: familiar Yeah, so NABI um, stands for Native American Basketball Invitational. Um, They have been around for 20 years now. Um, It was created back in 2003 um, as just a tournament for um, Native American high school students. Um, The founders, Gina Marie Scarpa, Mark West, and Scott Pileski, um, they basically. Found out about these Native American players, and they figured like there needed to be a platform created to showcase their talent and skills as basketball players. So that's how Nabi was created.
0: Wow! Yeah, yeah. It's for people who aren't familiar. It's, it's hard to explain because it's like it's like the tournament. Like I, growing up, like it's like you know every I feel like every community sends. Um, You know, tries to send a team, send a committee, send a send a, a bunch of teams, more than one team if they can.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And I first got to go when I was working for N7, and just seeing that many (laughs) native teams in one area was just like completely overwhelming and amazing, Mm -hmm. and um, that was great. So, so so you got that kind of experience volunteering, um, Mm -hmm. and then how did you end
1: up transitioning? Kind of, in
0: what kind of what role are you
1: um, in now with Navi? So I, like I said, I started off as a volunteer and I was asked to come back to intern the following year. So it was an internship, which turned into a temporary seasonal position, part-time and then eventually full-time. Yeah. Um, I've been with the organization for 11 years now. Wow. Yeah. And... This year, 2022, will be my third year as tournament director.
0: Wow! Congrats. That's that's <laughs> huge. And you didn't. You guys had to take one year off, right? For, for yes. COVID. Yeah, did, we yeah. did take
1: a year off, which was very sad. Um, I cried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So,
0: so this is the almost kind of the. Tw- is it the twentieth or is it the kind of the nineteenth? so this is
1: the 19th annual yeah
0: yeah wow and then yeah yeah, next year I can only imagine how crazy things are going to be so how many
1: crazy now (laughs) yeah how many how many teams are you expecting this year so we have 136 teams wow so imagine going from the beginning, which I believe was around 20 teams, and now we're at 136. We usually like to cap it at 128, but sometimes we have the ability to bring in a few more teams. So this yeah. year we have 68 boys and 68 girls teams. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it's not, and it's not just the
0: games, right? There's like the educational aspects. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so I can kind of give a run through of what goes on during Nobby Week. So yeah, year, that'd be awesome. This year, Nobby will be from July seventeenth to the twenty third. Um, we usually start off our tournament with our our check in on Sundays, um, so all the teams are checking in that day. And this year. Um, we're going to be doing a meet and greet party for the teams, which is a great way for the teams to kind of get to know each other, mingle. So that is going to be put on at the footprint center. So the footprint, one of our big partners was able to open up the pavilion for us that day. And we're going to be able to bring in all the kids so they can, you know attend this meet and greet party uh we have um sean martinez who is with the phoenix Suns. he is the i believe senior um what is his title (laughs) but he's he's does live presentation for the phoenix suns phoenix mercury yeah 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 yeah. game presentation right yes and he's and he's native that's that's awesome Yeah. He's Navajo. So he has been very vital, you know, for us and he's going to be, you know, DJing there for the kids. We have Chance Rush and Macy Gillies coming in to, to MC. Wow. So, you know, that's kind of like the start off for our event. And then we go into the, the, the basketball games for the week. Of course, over a course of five days, we have 470 games. So I'm how how we go about um you know all the ki- all the teams are put into a, a pool. So there's a pool of four teams and the first two games they they play you know everyone in their pool and then based off of their record, that is how they're placed into our bracket. So starting actually starting Tuesday is when our bracket games start. And our bracket is double elimination. In the past, um, we have had two divisions, gold and silver division. Um, so that was a single elimination bracket. But it was my idea two years ago to um, just have one division for each boys and girls and turn it into a double elimination game. So our nice. teams are given at least five games versus Before, it was only four games.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, so, you know, we have great partners. Um, We have 11 gyms this year. Um, They're kind of spread out throughout the Metro Phoenix area. Yeah. And then along with the games going on, we have our NABI Educational Youth Summit, we have partnered with the partnership with native americans so they're handling the summit this year so they're gathering all our speakers and it's going to be uh three days monday through wednesday so throughout the days there will be speakers where the teens can attend these um you know speakers workshops that are happening
0: yeah, I that's just like a great such a great educational aspect. I don't mm-hmm. think people realize like and I think just exposing the like the kids to so many different kind of natives like you mm-hmm. got kids from Alaska and you know all over the country. It's it's pretty that's pretty special.
1: Yeah, they they do come from all over the country. This year um we have a team from Canada. Usually um, wow. we have um a boys and girls team come from New Zealand but because of their covid restrictions they haven't been right. out the past two years so they plan on being back next year so we're looking forward to having them back and yeah. we have a a team of Samoan girls that have been coming out the past few years too
0: that's awesome that's so awesome that's so exciting um that's, yeah, it's such a cool, like, cultural exchange, because, you know, like, every every little community is so different. I mean, there's, like, kind of the similarities, and I think, but there's also, like, little nuanced differences, so it's just so cool to have them have that experience at that that it's really cool. young
1: age. It's cool for yeah. them to create um, friendships, and just, yeah. know, you know, there's other tribes out there, and, you know, me growing up, i didn't know there was that many tribes out there right (laughs) right you know I'm getting to see everyone from everywhere which is really cool thing to see and and through our summit um our educational part of the tournament um we do have college and career fair on the Sunday when the kids check in so they go through a little college and um career fair so it's just providing you know the kids options basically you know not everyone is ready to go to college right off the back you know some are ready for the workforce so you know we have people for example like from the police department coming out letting them know that they're recruiting by the age of like 18. um but you know there's just like things like that that we have to let our kids know you know not you don't have to go directly to college there's other things that you can do aside from college
0: yeah yeah exactly exactly like you have a ton of options Mm -hmm. um that's that's so great like I yeah I think a lot of people will think oh it's just a basketball tournament but it's like so much more than that it's like open up them up so many opportunities and how many people does it take to like put this on like I'm guessing you have a ton of volunteers come out to help
1: yeah so for our foundation, we're a staff of two. <laughs> so it's me, yeah. um, our CEO and co-founder, Gina Marie Scarpa. Um, she's more um t- handles all the, you know, um accounting like like legalities and she does all the fundraising, um, gets our sponsors, donors, and I'm more focused on the basketball part si- basketball side of it. Um, operations, so I- yeah. Yeah, so I'm doing all the operations part of it. And with the Navi Week, yes, definitely we have our volunteers that come out and help us every year. So which we are really grateful for. And you know, we, we do hire staff to kind of help us run our gyms. So that's very helpful. And yeah. Definitely- <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. A two-woman two, two crew, that's just phenomenal that you guys pull all that off. And and then this year, too, I just saw the announcement that it's going to be broadcast for the first time. Can you maybe talk a little about that?
1: Yeah, so actually last year was kind of the first time we um, broadcasted our championship games. Um, we okay. created um, Nobby Network. So it's a new platform where we're able to stream our games. Um, and last year, you know, it's a, one thing we talked about was that we definitely want to have our viewers view these games for free. So it's a free platform. Anyone can sign on and watch the games um, mm-hmm. off of at work. So, you know, We went in thinking like, we'll maybe at least get 10,000 viewers and come to find at the end, we had about 65,000 viewers um, of the championship games. So (laughs) going into this year, um, we knew that we had an audience and we had the ability to create a bigger platform. So, you know, aside from Nobby Network, um, we have our YouTube live which people can view off of too we have our facebook live and then this year um the same people we had worked with last year ltn um robert jenkins, jenkins who's our executive producer for the Nobby network um he he was mainly the one who brought in the ltn network and then that eventually led to espn plus so that was definitely <laughs> A big game changer right there for us, but definitely great, and we're so excited about it.
0: Yeah! Oh my gosh, that's so that's so huge. That's that's gonna just expose to so many more people. And how many did you say watch last year
1: the championship? Sixty five thousand people. Wow! Told you know, ESPN Plus has over I believe twenty two million subscribers. Subscribers. Yeah.
0: yeah oh my
1: gosh I mean that's definitely huge and um we're going to be streaming the semifinal games this year in addition to the okay. championship right. games so with with that you know we we're bringing in a whole native um broadcast team um I'm actually going to be um commentating the girls semifinals games along with Chance Hi. Red yeah. So we have Chance Rush and I doing the girls semifinals games. And then we have Tyler Jones and Macy Gillies doing the boys. Oh, great. So, so what was funny is we had a a boot camp, what they call it, a broadcast boot camp a few days ago um, with yeah. Harris, who's with the NFL network and she's a commentator herself and, she was kind of giving us a little 101 course, crash course about broadcasting, commentating. And it was really cool, you know, when we ended the, when we ended our little discussion, she said to us, like, I'm so excited for this. Like this is gonna be the first time I'm ever seeing a native broadcast team on a sp- network like this. Yeah. And, at that point, it kind of hit me like, oh my gosh, like, you know, representation, you know, on a it so
0: important. Yeah,
1: it's so awesome. That, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to be like on ESPN. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it, people all over, all over the world, but
0: like, I can't wait to just like, I just hope so many people like click on it, not knowing what it is, and then like, just get, <laughs> you know, get, get drawn in, and they're like, oh yeah, this is, this is amazing, like, like, it's, I think there's been a lot of attention around res ball, you know, this past couple of years, just like documentaries and stuff like that. But like, this is next level.
1: Yeah, and I think it's, it's definitely a way to, you know, educate those who have no idea. You know, we got to let them know what res ball is, and exactly and show that our kids can, you know, that they can play. They're talented. Yeah. They can play basketball.
0: Exactly. Awesome. And it's such a good like. I, I know in the past, like, there's been coaches that come out and recruit, right? Is that still happening?
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah. We, we have had recruiters in the past. And usually, you know, it's um, junior college, tribal colleges. But, I mean, that's still great that, you know, they're coming oh, out. Yeah. I mean, that's all that matters. And yeah, you know, recently with, like, COVID happening, um, they we really didn't have those numbers as far as recruiters coming out. But you know, with our, our networks and this, you know, I think it's definitely gonna put them out there and give them the platforms the exposure. And I feel like someone could easily get discovered <laughs> from this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Yeah. Happen. Yeah. And
0: I think too, with just a change of like, like higher ed right now, like, a lot of athletes are going to junior college or community colleges or even tribal colleges before they go on to play you know a bigger stage and, and you don't even have to play at the bigger stage you know just like doing what's you know are successful for you just like we were talking about with like you can go on and be a firefighter you don't have to go on straight to college but just finding using it as like an a, like kind of a jumping off point for something bigger it's that's so awesome
1: yeah, and you know, like every one of us, we dream about playing college ball or playing at the professional level, but you know, we yeah. also have to be realistic and- Yeah. We, you know, yeah. we're not all gonna get to that, that point. So, you know, we, we have to think of alternative options and, you know, what we're gonna do. Even yeah. I think outside of like finishing college, you know, a lot of these kids finish college and then, you know, it's like, what's your next step? What are you gonna do? What are you- Exactly
0: yeah exactly like sometimes it isn't a clear path to the you know to the job market or like it's there's still a lot kind of in between figuring out those next steps so that's so great to have have that uh I'm so excited this is huge so Lynette so you said July 17th right So when, when we start
1: yeah and there's still you know definitely a lot of more things that are happening during that week yeah. um the great thing that's happening is the Phoenix Mercury are having their first ever Native American night. And that um, was kind of like pushed on our end. Um, with yeah. not, you know, like we saw it with the Phoenix Suns, Phoenix Suns had a Native American night. And that was the first time I ever really felt like, you know, Native tribes were really being, you know, recognized. And, you know, walking into that game, it was like, you know, seeing all 22 flags hung up in the arena, like that, that was so powerful. And, you know, yeah. it brought a tear to my eye, just yeah. knowing we're finally being recognized. And absolutely John Martinez was all behind that. And I'm so excited to see what he's going to do for the Phoenix Mercury Native American night, which is powered by Nobby Nation. So we're kind of a part of that. Um, the okay. great thing about it is that during halftime, the kids who are going into the championship games are going to be recognized at halftime. Awesome. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of things that we're, we try to do for the kids for the week. Um, you know, they get to attend this Mercury game for free. Um, you know, it's awesome. The with the sons and Mercury have been like so great and, you know, they, the kids are going to be, see, being able to see this game for free, the Diamondbacks, they provided all the kids with tickets. So they get to see a free Diamondbacks game on Saturday after the championship games. And, you know, the championship games itself, that's huge itself. Like, yeah, they, they they're going to be able to play on an NBA WNBA court. Like yeah. not, not many people get to do that in an arena where these professionals play. So that's, yep another huge thing that we do that we and they're gonna get the whole bells and whistles the, the exact same thing that these professional players get they're gonna have the same experience and you know with the the lights and everything and um, and then on top of that ESPN, Showcase. the
0: broadcast too yeah the broadcast too it's it's yeah, huge so, like
1: you know our championship games is being presented by Nike and Seven Nike and Seven is also a huge partner of ours and has been since the very beginning they yeah. all our uniforms for the kids um you know our polos for the coaches so there's a lot that they're that they're doing for us um, yeah and it Yeah so it's it, it's such a great
0: collective of just like all these different great people across Indian country and across sports and I mean it's just one of those uh things that um is really just a bright spot for all of our communities and I just yeah when you're talking I just think about like gosh these kids coming from maybe a small village in Alaska or from a really small like remote raise in you know South Dakota or like wherever and they're like getting to like be on the court where you know some of the best professionals are in the world. It's um, gives you chills. It's really, it's really amazing.
1: Yeah. And it, it's, I'm just so happy. Like, you know, we say we're doing this for the kids. This is all for the kids. And, you know, none of this would be possible without, you know, our sponsors, our donors. And we're so grateful for them. You know, those who have helped us every single year. And, you know, we try to do all that we can because, you know, the the thing is we want to make our kids feel special. You know, yeah. our kids are growing up in communities that are not the greatest. And this is kind of like a break for them, you know, from, yeah. from all of that to come out, enjoy themselves, have fun, play, you know, the sport we all love and be around people, you know, that are in support. Yeah.
0: And just have fun, have a great time, but then also just feel for the future. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. You can't really ask, can't really ask for more. It's awesome. Well, Annette, this has been so great. Is there anything else you, you want to add or say? Or um, also, are you gonna like take a vacation after? <laughs>
1: um, yes, uh, I plan on taking a week off after Nabi. And Nabi week yeah. is so much. Um, you know, there's times where I forget to eat. <laughs> yeah uh, for yeah, sure a few hours of sleep but yeah in the end it's all worth it and I'm definitely planning on taking a vacation after and then we go right back into planning for next year and yes there's some other things that I have planned um but you'll just have to stay tuned for that <laughs>
0: yes yes yeah well next year with the 20th uh will be be huge yeah and I uh definitely won't be able to make it this year but next year I'm I'm already putting putting it in my calendar so we can um maybe uh, partner up too with our indigenous athletics advancement council so we can get some good stuff going for the 20th but um we really wish you the best of luck I'll be following along I can't wait to hear you commentate and (laughs) Tyler and all chance and all the, all those guys. So, um, really wish re- you the best of luck and yeah, we just, we, we look forward to seeing this on ESPN.
1: Thank you so much. And I'm happy to be here and talk to you. But at this rate, this chance will not last and so you gotta act fast, pull up the slack Cause you still got time for one last dance. Still got time to have a blast. So special day you hate. Work hard to make life great. Wait a second weight, witness to the third way Not a piece of cake, but you can create a new life that will never take you out of poverty, it's never too late. Life will come at you fast, life will come at you
0: fast. Life will come you fast. fast, coming, you fast. Coming, you fast. Fast. You come, fast, fast, come,
1: fast,
0: fast.